So I'm over the moon to announce that we've got a new sponsor. It's BDO, who are the trusted accountancy and advisory firm that you may know. BDO is the perfect partner for our podcast, as we both love to help entrepreneurs build high-value businesses, and BDO are always there to help advise people like you on how to succeed. I had the pleasure of meeting a few of the team at the Publican Awards, and I found out they were massive fans of the podcast, were obsessed with the success of our industry, and also a million miles away from the grey-suited drones that you usually deal with. To check out more about BDO and how they can help you get to the top, go to bdo.co.uk. Supersonic! 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 From Supersonic Inc., this is the Mark McSee Supersonic Marketing Podcast. The rocket fuel podcast for food, drink and hospitality businesses everywhere. Listen up, tell all your friends and share with your colleagues. Every single episode is packed full of tips, tricks and advice on how you can make your brand boom. So it's a really beautiful sunny day down in Brighton and I've just had the most pleasure ever speaking with one of my food heroes, Bill Collison from Bill's. I've actually got a little bit of a confession in that I've been a fanboy of Bill's for many, many years and it was one of the reasons we actually ended up living in Brighton. When me and my wife Pamela lived in Milton Keynes, we often used to have weekends in Brighton and Lewis and it was all about the Sunday morning and the Sunday brunch or sometimes the Saturday evening for a bit of dinner at Bill's. It really is a unique place and it is such a local champion for the Brighton and Lewis food scene and obviously now being shared right across the country in over 80 restaurants. I'm really lucky that I had a bit of an early Christmas present as well last year when I was starting Supersonic and I started working with Bills. So I had a real exciting challenge, which was actually to help them rediscover what Bills is. So fantastic project we've been working on. You're going to see a lot more of that coming through in the next little while. But for the purposes of the podcast, it was just a bit of a catch up a bit of a chat, and also really just finding out what makes Bill tick, what his story was, and really importantly, that golden thread through from what it was like in the early days, how he started, and how that manifests itself in his business today. So it gives me the most pleasure ever (laughs) To welcome um, my new friend, I suppose. (laughs) Getting to know each other. Yes, definitely. Um, The founder of Bill's, Mr. Bill Collison. Thank you for having me. That's all right. Pleasure, pleasure. So not too much of a trip today. Um, in terms of getting here, I just had my breakfast in Bill's Brighton, checking out scrambled eggs. Yeah, I just had my scrambled eggs on um, toast in in Brighton. Yeah, staff meal. uh, Yeah, yeah, it's my staff meal. It's my thing. Porridge and scrambled eggs and my breakfast things. Cool. Well, thanks so much for doing this today. Um, I know, obviously, we've been getting to know each other since about Christmas. Yeah, we have. Um, so that was really fun, meeting you and Lewis Bills. 
And what was really funny was you, you sort of rocked in and you said, you must excuse me, I've had a few too many ports last night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which made me really kind of, you know, chill out a bit because I was like, oh my God, I'm meeting Bill from Bill's. Yeah. Um, and then what was nice was just so many of the customers coming up and saying hi and Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. Yeah. It's my hometown. Yeah. Um, Bills and Lewis are all guests and well, the customers are all my friends. You know, lots of them I've known all my life. I've lived there all my life. Um, and one of the biggest honours, I mean, I can give those friends and customers is that Bills is theirs, is, and they think it is as as theirs as much as I do. Yeah. You know, and we, you know, through what when when we were struggling, when we were flooded out. They gave us every support, looked yeah. after us and, you know, my my family. Go back years with people that for friends of my mother and father and yeah. their mums and dads, you know, so it's, it's a little old town, Lewis. Yeah. But it's you know, it's got it's got loads of pride. Yeah. Loads of pride. It's got a lovely heart, it's got a lovely feeling about it when you're there. Oh, it feels independent, people care there. You know, I'm sure I'll i I'll finish my days there, I'm certain of it. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, just sort of look it out onto something amazing? Yeah, pull me down the street you know, on a veg cart. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully that's not too soon. No, um, So thinking about your sort of story then, so going back in terms of you, you know, your initial family stuff, you then, you know, launching bills, what, what sort of happened there? Well, obviously I grew up in around Lewis. Um, my father, mother and father had a fruit farm nursery just outside Lewis. And I grew up on that fruit farm. And it was a beautiful place to live. Um, and it was, we grew fresh produce, flowers, um, fruit. And we sold it there. We also took it to market. Yeah. And I worked there, went away, did a bit of chefing, came back. And then my father offered me... Um, a little stall come shop just near to where Bill's is in Lewis now. Everyone thinks it's there, but it was just down the corner by the John Harvey Tavern. Yeah. And I started this fresh produce store there. And I, it was a bit different even in those days. I used to use all the local suppliers because um, I knew them all. Yeah. We sold whatever was in season, we sold there. And it was, it was okay, we got a living. Um, and then that space come up on the high street it was just on the corner right on the corner only a little barrow and I moved onto the high street just yeah. to get a bit more bit more visual and I felt that was the thing to do and we got you know it was very very busy and what we didn't sell that day we'd turn into something maybe a pie or a tart or soup and we'd people could take that home with them um, and where did that idea come from then? I suppose it came from the guests and the the customers, it was customers that all loved to cook and they would started off by cooking stuff for us. So we had this lady used to make these banana uh, pies for us mm-hmm. and someone would make a soup, take the veg away and at the end of the day and make it for us. So we didn't actually start it ourselves, someone else was doing it for us. To yep. start with. And then we started doing mm-hmm. it ourselves and my wife got more involved and then in turn my sister-in-law, Tanya, who... Uh, was already in the restaurant and she said, look, you're making this place look amazing. We really, I think you should open a cafe here. You should open it a bit. No one makes it look like you do. No one, you know, sort of makes the, the fresh produce do what you do with it. And so we talked about it, talked about it, and then a massive flood hit Lewis. And we were planning to do this, but we never had the space. What year was that? 2000. Was it? 
and the kept the, the shop got shut down. My home got flooded. Started up a market store in the street straight away on some dry ground because we needed the cash. We needed to live, you know. And we, I had two boys at that time, and by by luck, the guys next door to us decided not to come back, so we took their lease, and we managed to make a bigger store and with a cafe in it. And so, a couple of months later, we opened up as Bill's Produce Store and Cafe. And from day one, we got support from everyone. Yeah. Everyone wanted to see us do well, so we did do well. Yeah. And we employed a, a very good chef who was a great baker, had um, a great talent with all the fresh produce that was coming in daily, and what we didn't sell, he would use. He'd turn And I used to take great pride in finding unusual things. Yeah. Things that are pretty mainstream now, but at that time they weren't. And he used to turn them into things. Everything had a little twist, but it was... Good, healthy, fresh, indulgent as well. Yeah. Uh, and the place was vibrant, it was energetic, the teams were, and it had just that lift, and it was all, almost as if we were rising up, a, have a bit of bad luck, but we made our own luck to get out of it. Yeah. And no one did, we weren't doing it to make any money, it was all about having fun every day. I, yeah. couldn't, I couldn't wait to go to work, it was such good fun. And one thing led to another, and we made a, took a bit more space, got a little bit bigger. And we, we, from day one, Tony said we should open one in Brighton. That was from day one, but it took us five years to get around to opening another one. What, what was stopping you? To be honest, we, we got a living, we had a massive queue, but we never really made any money. Right. And it was almost about how do we make this model work, da, 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 da. and also what roles we should play within it, it ourselves. Because yeah. you know, we'd sit around on a... Monday night to have their board meeting, have dinner together and finish up not talking to each other sometimes because we'd all have a different view. Yeah. But we loved it. We all still loved each other, but it was, you know, it was always a bit tricky. But it were amazing times. Yeah. And then we opened Brighton and an instant success. We found that building. Um, well, that building found us. The landlords had come and opened there. And it was a natural food hall anyway mm-hmm. and it felt like a food hall before you went in there and it was a great structure to the building the substance and it had a sort of atmosphere before we even yeah. put any fresh produce in it and then when you started to to have brighton in that area was it as it is today was it as busy in that part of the north lane or not really um i mean there was lots of empty shops above mm. us leading up to Sydney Street and Gardner Street. Those streets were busy, but I don't think just below us or just above us was. There was lots of boarded up shops, um, which are now lovely little independents doing some quirky things which you can see mm-hmm. are probably back from where I was that they're doing it because they love it and they, they're pleased with what they do. They're proud of what they do. Yeah. And then what sort of type of customer did you start seeing? Was it a different customer from Lewis or...? What, what were they sort of looking for? I think Brighton was nationally more on the map than Lewis. Yeah. So it gave us more national newspapers and magazines looking yeah. at us. We, could, we won quite a few little awards and some big awards and um, got us more on the map so people mm-hmm. were taking more notice of what we were doing. Um, I didn't feel like we were doing anything special. We were just doing what we enjoyed doing. Yeah. Um, and, and that was just whatever was in season we put it on the menu. Yeah. And the backbone, of it, we always had that amazing breakfast tray where you get the best scrambled eggs, you know, the, the scrummy sausage. And yeah. and it was sort of healthy, yeah, but still indulgent. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, you could 
go in there and you could eat, eat. Monday to Friday is very healthy, but then you could have your stack of pancakes at the weekend yeah, yeah. and still feel good about doing that yeah. and be served by someone that loved to be serving you. Mm. I mean, we still got so much. I mean, that's a big part of their business now. It's a welcome, being welcoming and something for everybody. Yeah. Because I remember um, we've got a special relationship with Bills and my family because we used to come down to Brighton for a weekend, me and my wife, and it was actually more to be able to go to Bills on a Sunday morning with a hangover in Brighton. You know, that was the thing. And, you know, we even had it where, you know, the little one was in mum's tum and all that kind of stuff there and we'll still get good pictures up in the mezzanine up there as well. I do remember in the breakfast there was an ugly wee sausage that you had. And it looked unlike anything else well, I've ever was, seen. It was a normal sausage, but Andy used to say, well, we'll make it different. We'll, get, we'll twist it, uh-huh. and then we'll season it with paprika. So right. he used to sit in paprika overnight. So I had a little bit of a something else going on. Yeah. I could never work out why we did it, but he wanted to do it. So yeah. It was there. I, if it, Andy, if he said black was white, I'd say that's good enough, because normally it was. Right. You know? <laughs> so is Andy... Who's Andy? Andrew Pellegrino. He okay. he's now got a little cafe in Brighton, but he was very much involved with the, the startup of Bills. Brilliant. So then, I guess you know everything's going well. You've got the two, and you've you know had your, I guess your roots coming right the way through the whole thing from the veg and the seasonal mm-hmm. and all these things. What then happened then to take it to number three? Because it was quite a dramatic shift. Yeah, we. I, it's quite weird. We won that. We won um, the best newcomer in the food industry mm-hmm. in the Observer, and we got lots of interest, lots of investment. People coming wanted to invest in us, and um, at that time, we'd worked. I'd worked really hard for probably well, all my life. I'd worked hard, but this yeah. this five or six years there of you know sort of working really hard, weekends, nights, days, and we, this was an opportunity for us to say. Okay, let's take someone else takes a little bit of the responsibility, mm-hmm. some security for ourselves, and take a step back. I mean, I can have more than four or five days off a year to go on holiday and just spend some more time with the family, with the kids. And but still, I didn't want to, it was still my thing, mine and Tanya's thing, you know, we were and Rebecca's baby, and we still loved it, and we didn't, but we knew that we. We had to grow or yeah. stay as we are. Sometimes if you don't go forward, you go backwards. I don't know, all those mm. things. But we we decided we'd take on investment and there was lots of opportunities. And one came along with um, someone that had a proven track record and always bought nice things and cared about having the best, you know, and wanted to be seen. It wasn't always about pound shillings and pence, I thought, you know, and, and, and that's what we went with someone that would invest in something that would be we could still be proud of and not yeah. be something we wouldn't love yeah fall out of love with yeah and I guess it's just having that critical partner that will give you the space and the leeway to to, to keep the brand alive rather yeah. than just being as you say ruling it from a spreadsheet yeah I mean it would definitely never been like that it's always I and mean, we don't get me wrong we've made mistakes mm-hmm. um but we've always been allowed to put those mistakes right mm-hmm. and it's never been ruled by a spreadsheet, um, but I would say we're, everyone gets in danger of making things easy for yourself. Mm. And when you make things easy for yourself, which you probably have to when you've got lots of restaurants, you will, with no doubt, make it worse for the guest. Yeah. And so you've got to, there's a, there's a balancing thing there where how far can you take it one way or the other? And then when you got to sites 
three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, whatever. Um, what sort of happened there then? What was the because your role would start changing, I guess, in the company and things like that. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I, I didn't, I wasn't involved with every little detail where I was before. Um, there was things that you know people were knew far, far more about where we should open in Liverpool than I'd ever dreamed of. I'd never yeah. been to Liverpool before, yeah. um, and so there was a property team that looked after that. There's a food team that looked after the food. So things sort of change they do change and um my uh, i'm still tasked with as was in those days to making bills look as amazing as it did with building up with dalphiniums leeks and daffodils to now it's building up and putting on a show in some other way Mm -hmm. and so my role was to make bills look as beautiful exciting and fun but also aspirational as i can Mm -hmm. um and I think sometimes we, when you open a lot very quickly, you become can become a little stale in certain ways, and I, that is my mindset now. We did get into a year where we didn't do things as yeah. flamboyant as we could have done or yeah. should have done, and now we're definitely definitely doing something more about that. Yeah. So one of the things that strikes me about bills is the the people, and you've you've touched on that already. So. In terms of keeping the people happy, motivated, serving people with love, all that sort of stuff, it's quite different from two or three sites versus, you know, 70, 80 sites. Mm. So what are you sort of doing there to keep what's changed? I think when we had one or two sites, it was definitely that thing where I'd be or Tanya would be there every day. I mean, it ruled our lives, you know. We mm. would be... It was not that we did it, didn't want to be there. We liked being there. Yeah. We liked being part of that show that was being put on. And so we would definitely lead from the front there. But I think we have left a ghost in every, in every business mm-hmm. because there's something there with Bills that we have got lovely people, lovely teams of people, and it's, we don't let many bad apples get in there. They get turfed out mm. and... They don't, not very many of them come anyway. And I think they're very good at making people feel welcome, mm-hmm. making people feel loved when they come in there, make them feel that they are friends yeah. as much as customers or guests. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I think we, we're blessed with kind people, good people, and yeah. they want to be part of him. And actually, they're proud to be there. Mm-hmm. They're proud to be there. And, you know, I think they're giving their head a little bit, given the, the the chance to be flamboyant. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just something the business does to them, yeah. which I'm proud of, and I couldn't write it down. I don't, there's no magic dust I'm putting over it to do that, but there's something there that makes them... They're definitely the teams are special. Yeah. It was sort of a, a similar thing when I was at Pret. You know, you, you kind of get asked about it all the time, and you're like, I don't think I can name the no. four or five things. It's no. just, I think, actually... By it being a special business, as you say, it attracted the right type of people as well. Yeah. So it was, um, yeah, it was all. There was no formula. It just kind of, you couldn't put it in a bottle. You couldn't capture it, which was quite interesting. No, but what you can, I think, you can do is keep doing the right things. Yeah. Keep making people try and be to be proud of where they work, and that's looking after, you know, keeping it fresh, keeping it exciting, keeping it seasonal making sure that you're given the opportunity to be welcoming and gift where, you know, yeah. generosity, yeah. Um, all those things that make them feel like they're part of something special. Yeah. Um, you know, it'd be times when bad days sometimes outweigh good days for you when you go to work, but yeah. generally we're 
touch wood, very lucky. Yeah. From Supersonic Inc., this is the Mark McSee Supersonic Marketing Podcast. Just a friendly reminder that this podcast is brought to you by the good folk at BDO. BDO have been long-term supporters of the hospitality sector and they are really passionate about supporting innovative entrepreneurs on their journeys and they also want to give you the right advice and support to grow your business. Just in case you don't know, BDO provides tailored advice to the sector across corporate finance, due diligence, tax and all accounting matters. BDO work tirelessly to give their clients the advice that they need when they need it to succeed. For more information on BDO and how they can take your business to the top, go to bdo.co.uk. Hashtag ad. Thinking about um, the interiors and that sort of stuff then, so what's the journey been on that? Because original bills, you know, what was your sort of inspiration for that? And then moving on to this sort of new look. Even what I remember, when we used to have that farm shop, my best job when we had that farm shop was... Everything was in the... I mean, the local growers used to bring stuff in, so we grew a lot of... Um, there was lots of glass houses on my father's nursery and fruit farms, so we grew a lot of tomatoes, lots of peppers, cucumbers, aubergines. But we used to... But also buy off lots of local farmers who used to grow root vegetables, cabbages, which we didn't a lot of, and they used to arrive every day covered in frost and snow and, you know, all their leaves still on them and coming in amazing crates mm. the crates sort of crates that people use as coffee tables now but yeah. you could make it look beautifully you stack I mean you stack these crates sloping up on a on a wall all these d- different bushel sized boxes with the names on the side of you know it was used to, we used to buy our cabbages from Mr Blackman at Falmer okay. and it was Blackman's and Son and you know wired edges and used to stack these crates up with your cow your broccoli and all going up a wall and I used to break it up with colours and then amongst it it would be something else. and I always remember I used to love doing that and yeah. I felt there was even a row of radishes coming down through it that was a good part of my day and yeah. in fact Chris who Chris Benyus who works with us now who's actually he was the one that sort of found me and got me into the position I am out now mm-hmm. with with Richard and all those things and he say you're you're almost sales at first you try and make it look so beautiful no one wants to touch it <laughs> and but that, I always remember that was something I loved to do yeah back in those days and so when when I had the restaurant and the shop I used to do exactly the same thing yeah. and I used to bring props in so if we had red currants they'd be coming all the red currants would be stacked in coming out of terracotta pots so everything had a stage it would go on in that in that area and so one of the biggest things that people used to come in not even to eat and drink there because it was too busy but just to take a look at it yeah and I've said on numerous occasions the last job we used to do in the morning me and three or four guys was to wash the street down sort of 100 yards that way 100 because that was the gateway to our our store and when we used to go back in it always used to make the hair stand back up on the back of my neck to look what we created we created this picture and every little area had something else going on something that was fun whether it be a cake with flowers coming out of it or squashes stacked as high jangled up on a bar you know just everything rhubarb stacked all up and underneath it would be the rhubarb jam and chimney pots with rhubarb coming out of them you know just everything was like a prop with 
with with with with with fun. Um, and is this changing like every day or every other day or how? Um, you you take it down every day. You take it down every day and redress it. I mean, you could put the same things up, but that fresh would go back into the kitchen. So Andy would have this had this back storeroom, was just full up with yesterday's what was in the shop. Yeah. Um. So the rhubarb would finish up. So he would be forever turn it into something and then the next day something else would arrive and that would be juiced it would be soups it would be pied it would be salad it would go into stock you know just get on a wheel and get off somewhere and then amongst that was coffee cocktails and all the things that went with bills the same as it is now but obviously that can't happen in more than one or two sites it just couldn't happen yeah I think you know it's that kind of heroing thing isn't it and that kind of bit of legend where you know people go but I think from talking to you before you were saying like big department stores were coming to visit and take inspiration and yeah. they were really leading I didn't know sense. that then but since that I've met different people that I did know that Waitrose spent a lot of time in there but I did uh, there was lots of other people in other industries now that yeah. said that they came and visited us to take you know to show the merchandising how yeah. to merchandise how to make things look that much more exciting and uh, welcoming yeah and then what about the furniture and stuff like that? How, what, well, it's just, we, it was like school chairs. Yeah. So very uncomfortable. <laughs> um, big tables, very uncomfortable. But still evolved. Bill started at a greengrocer's shop. Yeah. So it's evolved. Each year it's changed. Sometimes it's got for the worse. Sometimes not for the worse, but it's the word. Haven't done things correctly. We've made mistakes, mm. you know. And so we're always trying to get improve ourselves make it a bit more um, comfortable, more exciting, more fun, something different going on. And we've always done that, yeah. you know, from me having the barrel in the street. But we've evolved to where we are now, and we've just now looked in the last year and we've done an, um, just done a little revamp of 13 sites. And Bill's has always been about, felt a little like your kitchen, a place where you wanted to go and have breakfast or lunch. Mm-hmm. And I always basically it felt like my home kitchen, big tables. And we wanted to make it a bit more luxurious, a bit more comfortable, a bit more like your sitting room or your dining room, and we just give it a little bit more comfort. And I'm a I'm into I'm a right hoarder collector, and I love I go to auctions, I go to boot sales, antique shops, and also um, antique market mm-hmm. fairs. And I always collect these things and the stuff lie in my garage and my warehouse and. Up in the barn where we live, on the farm where we live, and it's these things are now all in bills. Wow. <laughs> and so, I, I, there's a frog in Soho that was in my garden for years, and that's yes. it from the bar. There's lots of different things going on there. Yeah. Things I buy in with in mind because I think they'd look very nice. So, I try and make it feel like it's homely, welcoming, and taking little shots from around there that you, things you'd you'd find fun things you wouldn't have in your own home but you'd find like to sometimes yeah. but you but just to make it feel like you've walked into somewhere that you go wow it's yeah. fun well I think one of the fun things you were saying when we were talking about this off mic was those sort of you maybe wouldn't put the whole thing together yeah. but there's all these little sets yeah. of things which I think is really interesting especially in this Instagram generation mm. and all well one of my regrets honestly was I know it's quite vain but 20 years gone backwards, people did take photographs of mm. Bill's then, but it was just, I didn't take enough photographs. Mm. I'd long to see some of the things that we 
you know, just for yeah. fun and just threw it together. Not just me, but the teams. Like, wow. And I used to look, God, you've done that amazingly, you know, and the cakes and, yeah. and I haven't got enough of it to yeah. show anyone, really. Well, I think that's a big lesson, um, you know, that we talk about and we took inspiration from this amazing guy called Gary Vaynerchuk and he said, you know, document, don't create. So yeah. just try to... But it was harder in those days, wasn't it, when you... Yeah, I had think, to buy film and get it processed. Plus, and, I, what you weren't, I wasn't actually doing it for any, we weren't doing it for that reason. Yeah. We were doing it because I knew people would like to see that. Yeah. Um, it's almost setting up your allotment, this show of an allotment inside. It's something, I, I, even what I walk through markets now, and I, um, there's something so beautiful about fresh fish markets, oh, fresh. Yeah. Meat market and fresh vegetable markets, yeah. you know, it's just something so beautiful. In any country, any town you go in, there's just something amazing about it. Was years ago um, when I worked at Yosushi, I was lucky enough to get taken across to Tokyo and went to Skiji Fish Market there. Got to see like, the blue fin tuna auction, and oh my, just when you looked yeah. all around, and it wasn't just fish, obviously, it was all the veg and the. We all just... love a market when we're away, don't we? On holiday anywhere or visiting, we all like to yeah. go to the market. And we all like to sit in those stalls just off the market and eat what we can see being sold. Yeah. And that was Bill's success then. It was, you know, you could, the tomato and the eggs would be winking at you for, for to be sour, for sour, but you could also have it on the plate to eat. So you yeah. could take it home or you could eat it there. Um, they were great times. Mm. But the last year of doing this new stuff where it's just, it's been the best time since then for me. Yeah. Doing this new stuff with Bill's and, um, seeing how much you can make a difference by mm. giving it more and more love and having that reason to create more in the menu that's definitely what's in season. Mm. So talk about that then, because I guess that's the challenge as well, isn't it? You know, when you've got many multi-sites to, to you know, have stuff on the plate that's the best thing someone's eaten for a while, mm. you know, and all the rest of it. So what about that sort of re-look at the menu? What's your inspiration there? How are you approaching well, I, that? I think the seasons don't really change, do they? They haven't yeah. changed. So I think it's um, what yeah. what we had, did then, we've got to bring more back into what we do now. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not saying we did anything wrong, it's just for the right, right different times, aren't yeah. they? And, so um, a lot of trends that you're meeting... As well from yeah, your original yeah. ethos, which is really yeah, yeah. I mean, interesting. We are low food to get it right, mm-hmm. um, and it's going to take time. Mm-hmm. But evolving things do, don't they? You know, yeah. we've got to keep doing it. And and amongst that, it's not just about what's on the plate. It's about how welcome we are, how we make things look, yeah. And just giving the guests more than they perceive they're going to get. And that's what we have to do. We have to invest more in to make their whole experience a show that they want to keep coming back to. Yeah. Um, and that's for all of their sakes, yeah. you know, and that's what we're about to do, you know, and that's what we've got to make it exciting. Yeah. We've got to make it so it's interesting, exciting, and it's not easy. People, you know, there's lots of stuff going on out there with independents that are uh, finding new ways of doing things and can change very quickly and go with the tide, you know. It's harder for us. But you don't just give up on that. You, no. you just have to keep going and try and to make it. And I think now's the moment. Yeah. Now's the time for, you know, how how can we be the business out there that tries to do the right thing all the time? And that's back of house, front of house, we're their teams, 
with everything, Jim. You know, we've got to have that goal to put everything and do the best we can. And what about the sort of ingredients then, you know, in terms of sustainability, provenance, British, you know, and all these kind of things? What, where's your head at with all that stuff? Um, obviously, provenance is very important. Mm-hmm. Um, I think recognising where people go, talk about where, where produce comes from. Mm-hmm giving them a story which makes it interesting for all their teams to know where and know the person they're getting their produce from. Mm -hmm. The guests like it. We fit into that story. What happens to the rubbish? What happens to the plastic? All those different things make a difference. And the sustainability, um, how we market it. We don't want to be in people. We want to give some education to people and help people to understand what we're trying to do. not saying we do it yet, but we would like to. Um, And... Let the season, let the season choose what's on the menu. Let the veg be the hero. Yes. Let the veg be the hero. Yeah. And so you're um, letting that say what goes with it. So almost as if, as if the, the meat's the side and the veg is the main. Yeah. Well, that was interesting. I think we were talking about this a, a wee while ago. And my friend, um, uh, Jay uh, Marjaria, and Jay had this sort of veg pop-up, if you like, because mm. it was plant-forward. And it was so cute because on the menu it said, like, M yeah. instead of a V, you know, and mm. it was just just felt like that yeah. tables of tongues I mean you know? Bill's wants to be something for everybody yeah I mean I mean, we want to try and make it so we you know people recognise that we're that we look after people very well at breakfast mm-hmm. very well at lunch and now we want to do even better at supper and yeah. dinner you know we want to be that place to come to we, where you feel oh I can't be to cook tonight mm. or let's get a Bill's I want to we get dressed up a bit more to go yeah, to the bills. Yeah. And it's a place where you feel special about being. Yeah, and I think it's a hard thing, right? Because I guess most brands out there, fast casual or casual, you know, premium casual dining, whatever, they've got maybe one or two of the day parts licked, yeah. but you always want the other day parts. Yeah. So, um, you know, I think there's a lot of interesting things going on, you know, as a, as a customer looking at you going... Well, the interiors, as you see, are kind of like going for dining, a bit more luxurious and plush. Menus changing, you know, all that. So, there's lots of great things going on, but it takes a while for those perceptions well, to change. Yeah, it does, but it doesn't mean you can't. It no. doesn't mean you... I mean, we're still working just as hard to make sure breakfast is amazing yeah. and it's a great experience. And it's not as... You feel like you're going to go in there and, oh, God, I don't want to eat breakfast. It still feels a place you can relax and feel, get your laptop out for breakfast mm-hmm. or meet a friend to have a business lunch or just pop in for a cup of coffee. Yeah. It's just got all that. I know it has. I can feel all that. But now I feel, I know what's happening with the menu, what's happening with the look, and just that little bit of more elegance for dinner time, whether yeah. it be just the brushing up with more candlelight, the way we stylize things a little mm-hmm. bit more, Makes my make. I feel like I want to be there for, for dinner. Yes. So if I feel like it, I know I'm no different than anyone else. I guess yeah, yeah. it's going to feel the same, and it's going to take them a while to see that. And it, you know, you can't just change things overnight. People's perception, but we'll. I know it will happen. Yeah. I know it will. And then thinking about in terms of the the future, then. So, what's the future sort of holding for Bills and yourself, and what's the the vision well, for the next twenty? Years? I said I spoke to. You, just a moment ago and I said that the last year has been as exciting for me as mm. the first five years yeah. you know it, it's on par because it's been new things going on and and you know it's been hardship in amongst it all as well 
but I've enjoyed the last year and I, I think we've got that battle on our hands to make sure that we do things as well and we've got this goal, this thing we're all signed up to and we are going back to our roots mm-hmm. and working hard, everyone's singing from the same song sheet to make it so we get there and I'm sure we'll never get completely get there because there's always something more to evolve to but um, we're all driven to it and I'm really mm-hmm. proud that we've all got the same aim to get there. Mm-hmm. Which is brilliant. And then, you know, thinking about tips for people, right? Because I guess you've been there, seen it, done it, got the T-shirt and all of the other things to go never, with it. Never stopped learning. <laughs> and more. Um, but again, you know, what tips would you give to someone, whether they're starting out a new business, um, you know, as, a, as an independent, or they are, you know, a larger chain? What's the sort of things that you would sort of say to them? First thing is that... It's all got to be about your guest. Yeah. You've got to put your guest first. Yeah. Um, 100% of nothing's nothing. You know, the best margin in the world. You can have the best prices, but it's without the guest, you can't sell it. So it's all focused on that. Um, big can sometimes be a bit sour. Small can be sweet. Never be scared to think, I'm going to do something that's independent and stay that way and do something really well. Mm. But also, the fascination on growing and getting better and be- is also... An amazing, an amazing experience, and um, never be frightened to go take a chance. Yeah, and never be frightened to make a mistake, and never be frightened to put your hands up for that mistake and change and listen as much as possible. Yeah, you said that to me often, actually, and I think that's a really wise thing. You know, you, what we say in two years in one mouth, sure, six years in one. <laughs> but it's a good thing and, and you just said there which I maybe spoke over so apologies but you know never too old to learn or never get too much experience to learn something new there's always something out there yeah and you know and to try and get find people that can do something better than you can yourself and then don't undermine them by because that's the I, I was got um, I used to be the world's worst at it probably still am sometimes but <laughs> You know, you get someone in to do something and they think you can do better and it's almost show them you can do it better than they can. Well, that's not... No one's ever going to win. you just got to keep doing it yourself then. So the art is to teach people to do it as well as they can and then give them support and, you know, rather than try and show, show them that you can do it better than they can. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a very narcissistic yeah, yeah. way to live life, for sure. So the last thing then um, we were going to talk about was a bit of a new feature that we were sort of testing out. So you're the guinea pig on this. So we had this idea, um, me and Gaz and Gabby that work on the podcast, about this kind of mark out of 10, um, which is quite nice if you write it out because it says mark out often, which I'm quite enjoying, so I'd like to be out more. Um, But I was just thinking about your best and and, and the things that you love in terms of food and drink and etc. So I was just thinking about what are your places or place that's you know the best restaurant the best dish you know that kind of thing I I think there's a different way of looking at what's good and what's it I mean and how good something is it's because most of the places I go and want to be want to be are about the whole package where mm. it would be the experience if I was going if I was out going out in London I one place I had to go and eat and enjoy the whole experience would be the River Cafe mm. And it's because I love the feel of being in there. I love the environment. I feel it's your, it's a special time out. It's expensive, but it's a special time out. Um, I love the food. I love it in the summer when the doors are open. You always like the. Uh, There's always something interesting or someone interesting to look at. Mm-hmm. And 
yeah, it's just ticks all those boxes for a special time. Um, I love the five courses. Yeah. I love the variants of those five courses. I love the puddings, and they're always the same, but I love them. I love their um, cocktails on arrival, everything about it I love. But I also love my local pub. It's two local pubs I love. One, <laughs> one's which was my local one, which is where I had my first pint, Pint of Harvey's, which is the Swan in Lewis. It's something for everybody. Mm-hmm. There's no hairs and graces. But it feels like you're in a lovely boozer. Um, the people in there are kind, warm, welcoming. Um, remember your name. Mm-hmm. Um, got time to talk for everybody. Food's great value. Um, great roast dinner on a Sunday. Yeah. Great vegetarian options. Love it in there. And I see all everyone I know that lives in Lewis or you always go in there you're going to know someone you can talk to mm. you're going with a paper you never get to read it because there's someone you're going to talk to <laughs> I also love the Griffin but in Fletching okay. for different reasons yeah. I love the views in the summer the hot the log fires and it's a typical boozer pub you know mm. where you go in there and it just feels like your cricket team could be playing outside yeah. um, and but my I love breakfast yeah. always love breakfast and taking away I love being in Bill's Lewis for breakfast but I also love marmalade and my sister's um, sister-in-law Tanya who started Bill's she does marmalade that's one of the scrambled in there is best you know yeah. Bill's used you know it, it's, that's a, it's scrambled exactly the same as Bill's would have done in there. and so I love that too great um, listen thanks so much for giving up your time because I know you. how busy you are and um, yeah thanks for talking to us and, and telling us all about Bill's and where it's heading so yeah watch this space thank you for having me brilliant thanks a lot Bill so there you have it what a wonderful man what a wonderful business what a wonderful story and what a wonderful episode I hope in terms of it being one of the first that you've heard from the Supersonic Marketing Podcast Bill is just a joyous person uh, to have around when I met him at Christmas it was such fun to actually meet him where we were in the Lewis Bills and so many people coming up to him and wishing him Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. It was just lovely to see what he's done for that local community. Also, his opening line to me was, you must forgive me, Mark, I've had a few too many ports last night, which I thought was just absolutely class. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Uh, Thanks to the production team, Gaz and Gabby, for helping me put all of this together and doing it all over again. Thanks to you for listening. Thanks to you for all the messages of support while we were on our break and looking forward to bringing you great value over the coming months. Huge thanks also to BDO, our sponsors, who have just been amazing in terms of supporting us all the way through this brand new podcast journey. So this is me, Mark McSee, signing off. Bless you for listening. Have a great week. And I really hope this has helped your brand boom. Boom.